Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. All right, Bree, what are we doing this episode? Tonight we're going to read some of your stories. Some abduction stories. Some alien stories, some sightings, and we're even going to throw a little Bigfoot in there for Bobby, because you know how much he loves that shit. We're getting back to the roots a little bit, kind of what inspired the podcast, people's personal stories, our own personal stories, is kind of, I think, where the inspiration first sprouted from. So we're just going to do some, some stories for you guys, and then the next episode we'll get back into deep diving. So let's get to it. Think I may have just been visited. I think we had an encounter tonight. Me and my girlfriend were in bed. She was sleeping and I was watching TV. Our bed faces our TV and the doorway is directly to the left, about two to three feet away. I happened to see a figure out of my peripheral vision. I saw it was peeking in our bedroom door when I made direct eye contact. It was about three to four feet tall and had really pale skin. Couldn't make out facial features due to looking at the TV in the dark, then glancing over, and then looking directly at its eyes again. I didn't have any time to focus because it ran away too quickly. I looked directly into its eyes. It pulled out of the doorway as if it was running away. I jumped up and ran to look for it and went to the kitchen and glanced at the time. And on the stove, it was 3.33 a.m. I must have woke up my girlfriend because she came to the kitchen and I explained what I had just saw. She proceeds to tell me she saw a flash of light reflecting through the cracks of the curtains on the wall. I head outside and didn't see anything on the ground or in the sky. Ooh, scary. That one to me kind of borderlines a little bit of ghosty activity for me, though. It sounds a lot like Whitley Strieber's encounter in Communion, especially in the movie when he's sitting there in bed and he sees the alien kind of peek over by where the TV is, kind of just looking at him and then goes away. It's also really interesting that the time was 3.33 a.m. Perfect witching hour. Perfect witching hour. I think that's the perfect little light story to start this episode off with. Was I abducted? Okay, I've always had this scar on my left wrist that looks like a tiny white tracker. I don't recall how I got it, but I've had it since I can remember. I used to watch the X-Files with my dad and we would talk about aliens all the time. And for a long time, I thought the thought of other beings out in space was really cool until this past June and last night. I'm shaking writing this. My husband's a skeptic and he believes I could have been abducted before. So here it goes. Whether I was or wasn't abducted, I've always felt watched at night. Every night, it's usually right before I go to sleep. It feels like I'm being pulled out of my own body right before I go to sleep. I've had several nightmares of being kidnapped as a kid. Then they just stopped. But the fear of being taken has never changed. Lately, I've had this pain in my, you know, the place aliens study the most. But the strange thing is that this pain started weeks ago. It was before my experience last night. We went to bed around 11 p.m. and it felt like I was only tossing and turning for a few minutes. It had been six hours. My husband chose to sleep on the couch since he had been snoring and didn't want to keep me awake. Moments after he left the bedroom, I felt like I was pulled out of my body and kept hearing humming sounds, like a high-pitched machine coming on. I tried to bring myself back by screaming, but I could only gasp for air. I did a couple of times as loud as I could, but my husband didn't hear me. I've seen these blue and green lights on the outside of a UFO before. In that first experience, I just brushed it off as a dream. I found these two little kids in a red pickup truck in the middle of a commuter lot. 
They had no idea where their parents were, so I took it upon myself to drive them to safety. I dropped the kids off at a nearby gas station and told the employee to call 911 to find their parents, and then I hopped in the truck and got back on the highway. I was on this highway alone in the middle of the night for what felt like forever. The whole experience was creepy. Then out of nowhere, there's a saucer-shaped orb coming towards me. It was the ideal picture of what a UFO should look like. The door opened and the beam was like a rainbow, but it was mostly white. And I was sucked up like a vacuum into the pitch black darkness. I was immediately back in my body in bed. Last night was a little bit different. There was light coming from the door instead of pitch black darkness like last time. The beam of light sucking me up was the same rainbow, bright blue and white. The room I was in was all white and shimmery like marble. The ceiling, walls, floor, everything. Several feet in front of me, there were four aliens, one medical table, and they were slowly pulling me towards them. I was floating in air and being pulled by their power. The weirdest part was hard to describe. I didn't see it in their faces, but their bodies were exactly like the Graves' description. Tall, gray, long necks, humanoid. It was like they didn't want me to see their faces, and when I tried, I heard this incredibly loud buzzing, like TVs used to do when that freaky white noise channel would come on. Within that sound was what sounded like a crowd, just hundreds of people, men, women, children, babies crying. I didn't know what to do. I was paralyzed. I just wanted to go home. I couldn't see it, but I knew there was another room behind them. I just had this bad feeling that something terrifying was happening behind that door. Pitch black darkness with who knows what inside. Then, right before I was taken back there, my cousin has a coughing fit and it feels like I was sucked back into my body. And all I could do was gasp for air before I got out of bed. I brought my blanket out, told him what happened. He reassured me I was safe. But the odd thing is I don't feel safe. I never do, especially at night after he goes to sleep. That was very creepy. I've definitely experienced being very paranoid before I've gone to bed or leading up to bed so I could understand that. Sounds like a lot of strange activity to me. Sounds like a, a definite like astral abduction to me. Definitely, with all the colors and- The sucking in and out of the body. Classic classic case. The mantis alien visited two different family members of mine at different times. I posted a few days ago about my brother thinking he's been abducted his whole life. Here is his second story about an encounter with a quote alien. One day my brother showed up at my house and this story that had just happened to him was from the night before. He was sitting in his living room that night watching TV when suddenly he heard clicking sounds and a knock on his window. He got up to check and there was nothing. He went back to watching TV when he heard the clicking sound again and he ran to look outside, but there was nothing. This continued twice more, but the last one seemed to travel through his front window to the back window where his kitchen was at. He ran to turn on all the lights from the outside. At this point, he was mad because he thought someone was trying to break in, so he had grabbed a bat. His wife came out of the room and asked him what were all those clicking sounds she was hearing outside her window. She also told me she heard them. He told her not to worry and go back to bed. Maybe it was kids messing around. He finally went back to bed with a bat on him and left the lights on from the back porch. 2.30 a.m. came and he woke up thinking it was time for him to get up for work. He needed to be up at 3 a.m. He sat up to look at the clock because it was next to his wife. He decided to go back to bed for the extra half an hour. He laid back down when he looked outside his bedroom door that was open and saw a tall man. 
He said he was about seven feet tall and had long arms past his knees. The man had a long neck with a wider forehead and a very thin chin. He sat his head up and said, what the fuck is that? Then the man or alien noticed him and moved his head to take a closer look at my brother. He said his head moved side to side like a bug. He said he became very afraid and covered up saying, it's not there, it's not there, it's not there. He looked again and it was still standing there. The glare of the back porch light hit his eyes and they looked like the eyes of a fly, but the color was red. Suddenly he felt very relaxed and fell back asleep. He woke up at three, not remembering what had happened. Later that day, he heard his coworker mention UFOs and aliens when that memory came back. Then he recalled that he had heard these same clicking sounds his whole life since he was a kid. He always thought someone was trying to come in through his window and was always afraid of someone breaking in. Okay, about a year later, the same thing happened to my sister. For her, this mantis alien grabbed her foot and she was able to move it out of the way. It let go of her foot and looked closer at her the same way my brother described his. She also got sleepy and went back to bed. My sister has always lived with my husband, children, and I, and the scariest part is that she said the only reason why she was even sleeping in that room was because I was afraid to sleep alone that night, so she slept with me since my husband was working the graveyard shift. I'm a grown woman. I was probably 26, and I do remember being afraid to sleep alone that night for some reason. Do you do you get like that whole, like the way that they were looking at them, that bug-like way? Have you ever experienced that? Actually, no, I haven't had anything like that before. But I could imagine, I could imagine a giant mantis or bug-like creature that they're describing, the giant eyeballs that a fly has, but enormous. And it sounds extremely scary. Bob Lazar brought back a flood of memories. When I was eight or nine, I started to have horrible sleep paralysis. It became quite constant, almost a nightly experience. Eventually, I fought through the paralysis to where I could tear through what felt like a sheet of numbing material placed over my body. One night, I lifted my head up during an episode of paralysis, and at the end of my bed, I saw a three-foot-tall, skinny figure with a large head, large black eyes, small mouth, and Caucasian-colored skin. This was my first experience. I had several short experiences that were similar, but always wrote them off as dreams. I eventually moved out of the country in my teens, and when I was 14, I was taken. I woke up in a very pale gray room, and there were three gray aliens, pale in color. One right next to me was smiling. He had a device that looked like an iPhone, and he had it up to his head, as silly as that sounds, but this was back in 1999 or 2000, well before iPhones. Now, the reason why I bring Bob Lazar up is because his description of the inside of the alien craft was exactly what I saw. Three small panels, child seats, and that's it. The metal was cold to the touch. I woke up at 4.23 a.m. that night, went to the kitchen, and just started to wash dishes. My mom walked out at 5 a.m. asking why I was up doing chores, and I replied, you won't believe me, I was just abducted. She said, I heard a door slam and saw lights, but I thought it was your stepdad. She panicked and called my stepdad, who was a cop at the time. He wrote it off as a dream, but it was too real. Since that night, I've only had one similar experience. Right after my daughter was born, I was sleeping in the living room of my apartment with my wife and baby. I woke up in the same state of paralysis, but fought it just as I did when I was a kid. 
I saw a tall figure standing over my bed. This time I couldn't see any other description other than a shadowy figure. I woke my wife up, and as she awoke, the figure faded away, as if it was sand falling through your fingertips. My daughter says she sees small people now, or someone would be staring at her at night. I don't sleep at night anymore because of it. I don't want her to go through the terror that I went through as a kid. That sounds crazy to be able to fight off a sleep paralysis often. Honestly, I would be terrified if I was having sleep paralysis every night. That sounds like a horrible fucking thing. Absolutely. Not sure what to make of an experience last night, and I'm looking for some guidance. I had an experience last night, and I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around it. I don't want to talk to my family or my friends because I don't want them to worry about me or my mental health. But it has stuck with me all day and I would really like to share it with someone and hear if anyone has had a similar experience. Full disclosure, I have had occasional sleep paralysis since I was a teen, but this was very different in a lot of ways. One, I woke up in the middle of the night and realized something was off. I sat up, put my glasses on, and reached for my phone flashlight. Next thing I know, I was laying down with my glasses back on the table. I tried twice, after the second time, I guess I blacked out. Two, what comes next is sort of confusing. I'm tempted to call it a dream, but it's not like any dream I've ever had. All there was was darkness and the sound of my own voice begging. I want to go home, please let me go home. I could hear myself saying these words, but I couldn't feel words coming out of my mouth, nor did I know why I was saying them. I just knew that it was my voice and I sounded very scared. I didn't see anything but eyes once, right in my face, but all fuzzy and out of focus. And I know this sounds odd, but sometimes there was music, just dark and music and the feeling of being watched. Three, I remember two sensations. One was pain. It was a feeling like someone cutting from just below my navel down in a straight line. It was the most sharp and real pain I have ever felt. And then I felt like I was floating in thick liquid and I kept panicking because I was worried I couldn't breathe, but I could. This morning, I woke up like normal and went back to work. It's hard to explain. I'm so incredibly shook, yet I feel oddly calm about it too. Part of me believes it was nothing but a weird dream. Another part feels like whatever it was, at least it's behind me. What's really odd is this detachment I felt the whole time. Listening to myself beg to go home, hearing the fear in my own voice, I felt scared for myself, but not actual fear. It almost feels like I watched something horrible happen to someone else, and all I can remember is the sound of their voice. Only it's my voice, and I sounded more scared than I have ever felt in my life. It's always interesting to see how people can't really discern whether or not it was a dream or something that happened in real life. And that's a little bit of like a thread that we're seeing through a lot of these stories that we're reading is a lot of people are like, is it a dream? Is it real? Because so far, it sounds like a lot of these abductions have been a, a lot more astral than they have been physical, which is an interesting kind of turn in events when we normally usually only talk about like physical abductions. Definitely. I think it's on that threshold of physical and astral and a little bit of interaction between both of them. And that's just a part of this phenomena is not knowing if it was real or just a dream. And if it is a dream, could that still be real? 
it's these weird lines that are becoming blurred and you're just left with confusion. And I can completely put myself in their shoes. I felt that way before. And it's just interesting to see that common thread that comes across in all of these stories and many people's stories. I will try to make this short. The entire experience only lasted less than 20 seconds anyway. This happened in 1997, when I was five years old. I am totally willing to entertain the idea that this may be a vivid nightmare or something explainable, but whatever it may have been, it was pretty much shaped my entire life. Since that day, not a day has gone by without me thinking about it. Before this, I don't remember ever seeing a gray alien on TV, in movies or anything, but it's possible I may have seen the image somewhere and that's how I got it in my head. Anyway, I basically woke up, shot straight up in bed like I had been startled. And when I did, I was sitting up looking straight into the eyes of a typical gray alien that was kinda halfway crouching onto my bed, like I had caught it in the middle of getting on or off my bed or something. I just looked into its big black eyes for maybe 10 seconds, and for some reason, I laid back down, pulled the covers over my head, and that's all I remember. It wasn't until a couple months later, when a family friend was watching a sci-fi movie, I realized these things were real enough to be on TV, which freaked me out even more. In my experience, the gray seemed taller than the short ones you hear about often. Definitely much taller than my five-year-old self. This happened the night before or the morning of the only snow day I've ever experienced. I live in Central California. The whole day, I could not get the image out of my head and could hardly enjoy the snow. For years, I was absolutely terrified it would happen again. First of all, we're in Central California, so where are you at? I know. Is that like Sacramento? Central is Bay Area. No, it's not. Sacramento's That's north. Central Bay, but, but center central would be like inland. But Sacramento's really far up. I don't know. We're t I, don't, I have no idea. Mm. I can definitely understand when you see something and it freaks you out and you can't remember where you could have seen it somewhere else but you have such a strong reaction and then you're going back in your head of whether you saw it somewhere else first or if you have it from your own memory. I've also experienced something like that too and I've gone back and forth on, is that something that I've seen and it's just like way, way back in my head or could it have really been before I even had a context to what it was that I was saying? Well, it's also interesting, you know, the experience happened and then, you know, this person never thought about it again until they mm -hmm. saw a TV show and it was almost like shell shock, like, oh shit, PTSD brought it back up. Just like Kurt Russell's story. Just like Kurt Russell's story. All right, we're going to get into our last story of the evening and it's a Bigfoot story. So I'm going to dedicate the story to Bobby. The Thing on the Mountain. It was the summer of 2012 and I was probably about 15 years old. I had my first job as a counselor in training at a fly fishing camp for kids at Antelope Creek Ranch, which is right around the backside of Mount Shasta in California. Mm. I attended the camp for several summers in my youth, and this was my first year I had returned as a counselor in training, since I wasn't old enough to be a counselor yet. So the camp takes place on private property. There's a locked gate and everything. It's actually ultra eerie to be rolling up at camp at night by yourself, since you have to get out of your car twice to open and close the gate. What makes it worse is that there are no lights or anything, so leave your headlights on. Then it's just a couple of miles down a gravel road. There's a small lodge rented out on weekends so people can come and stay and go fishing. But that was only occupied when the kids' camp wasn't going on. It was so dark and empty most of the time we were there. A little further past the lodge, you hit our camp. 
It's a bunch of big, thick, cabin-like tents made out of canvas in a small clearing along with our cookhouse. Surrounding the area is very, very dense woods in all directions. All in all, a fairly remote location, pretty simple setup, and the darkest nights you could ever imagine. Beautiful stars, too. It was our second night of the week, and we had already had our campfire and had all the kids brushing their teeth and get into their cabins. We had a short meeting, and most of the other counselors went to the cabins they were assigned to to go to bed. Skye, who was the youngest of the counselors, was still sitting on the deck reading a book. I walked around back to go brush my teeth, and when I came back to the deck to grab some of my things, I noticed Skye wasn't reading anymore. He was sitting right at the edge of his seat, eyes locked on the pitch black forest. Just as I was about to ask him what was wrong, he shushed me before the words could even leave my mouth. He apologized in a whisper I could barely hear and pointed out at something I couldn't see. My initial reaction was that he was messing with me and I started to tell him it wasn't funny. Then he had me move so my line of sight could match his and I saw it for the first time. There were these three little reflective spots deep in the trees. It was so dark, they were the first thing I noticed. What is that? I whispered. I don't know, Sky replied, but they're moving, look. Squinting through the darkness, barely able to distinguish the trees from the surrounding darkness, I could see that he was right. Only it wasn't only the lights. Surrounding them was this massive black shape, maybe the size of a grizzly bear, up on its hind legs. That's when I saw the lights blink, and then the whole shape moved behind a large group of trees. At this point, Michael, who is another counselor in training, comes out of the men's bathroom and looks equally confused and intrigued by us pointing our flashlights out in the wood. As if on cue, we hear the most horrifying sound I have ever heard in my life. The only way I can describe it is like an amplified snake hiss coming out of a coyote. I was so scared, I tripped over a board on the deck trying to scramble into the little cookhouse kitchen. We sat in there for about 30 minutes, panicking and telling Michael what we saw. He thought we might have seen some reflective tape on a sign or a cow who escaped a nearby field, but couldn't explain the sound. We finally got our shit together and went back out there to look again. We pointed our flashlights out to the spot we saw it before and it was still there barely visible just outside the range of our lights, moving occasionally just behind a tree, only to peer out at us a moment later. At times, it seemed like it was moving closer, but it was hard to be sure. Michael saw it that time. We had all seen it. We went back into the cookhouse again. By 3.30 a.m., we had checked on it and retreated back into the cookhouse at least five or six times because we were so unsettled by what was there. We even tried yelling at one point. It seemed like it was waiting or it was watching us. I think it knew we were trying to see it and it didn't seem to care too much. At some point, we decided that we just had to head back to the cabins we were all supposed to be in. So the plan was we would just run as fast as we could to the cabins without turning our heads to look back into the woods. If we don't look, it's not there, right? Sounds great. We finally got to our beds. I was in the girl's cabin and the other two went to the boy's one. So I'm laying there, unable to sleep, thinking about all the weird shit we had just saw out there. An hour or so goes by and I still can't sleep. All of a sudden, I hear footsteps coming through the gravel. It's this thick, crunchy, volcanic stuff that makes a lot of noise when you're walking on it. The footsteps come right up to the side of the canvas tent. Literally whatever out there is standing four inches away from me, only separated by this thin layer of fabric. I wait for them to walk away or come into the tent or to call me out, just do anything. But they never walked away, just silence. I waited another hour, maybe more. There is no way anybody could walk through that gravel without making the whole campsite hearing it. And I know they walked up right next to me and never walked away. It felt like I had just been falling asleep when I was woken up by some loud gunshots. They sounded close, but not right in our camp or anything. Safe to say, I didn't sleep anymore that morning. That morning, I asked the guys if they heard any gunshots, and they did. We also went back to check out the spot of the woods where we thought we saw the thing lurking. Nothing reflective, no strange hulking items, 
but behind the large group of trees, there is a freshly dug pit into fucking hell. I mean, this hole was like four feet wide and at least 10 feet deep before it looked like it turned. We didn't see any evidence of a shovel and the ground was too covered in pine needles for us to find any good prints, human or animal. We were so creeped out, we genuinely didn't know how to react after we saw that. I wish I had taken a photo of the hole, but I didn't have a smartphone with a camera or anything. By the end of the week, the hole had been partially filled in, not by any of us. The other counselors totally made fun of us when we told them we saw something strange. They jumped to the conclusion that we thought we saw Bigfoot or something, when in reality, I truly have no idea what we saw. I returned to that camp year after year and never saw or heard anything quite like that. Michael also returned for several years and would refuse to keep his back turned to that particular spot in the woods at night. We talked about it for a few years later and everything he described still matches what I think I saw. I just wish I had an explanation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that these scary tales of abductions and Bigfoots have inspired some of our listeners to send your guys' stories to us so we can read them on air. I'm interested to hear more, definitely. Almost everyone has at least one spooky story that they question. It's nice to get it out and then also to hear all the similarities between everyone. I do want to say that we're dedicating this episode to our Patreon, Brandy, because she said that she wanted to listen to our voices tell her stories. So this is for you. Thank you for deciding what our episode is <laughs> going to be this week. I appreciate it. Speaking of Patreons, Brie, let's jump into our shout outs. Brandy. Destiny. Vanessa. Daniel. Dylan. Anthony. J Plus. Matt. Bobby. Rod. Simon. Spacey D. Apey. Jan. Reese. Melissa. And Shay. All right, Brie, why don't you give us our conscious quote of the day? Today's conscious quote of the day is by Nelson Mandela. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. I was inspired to pick that because I struggle myself with confidence or being afraid to do things or feeling like I have to do them perfectly or do them right and not holding me back. And sometimes there are things that I really want to do and then I have this rush of fear that comes to my head that's, you're not good enough, you shouldn't do that, what about these people? And all, all those chatter, all the, the garbage in my head. And so I really picked that out, hoping that maybe I would listen to it more and try to focus even more on trying to conquer that. Beautiful. I love it. And I think that you are conquering it because... Especially like when me and you first started going to contact in the desert together, I remember you were so terrified to even like take a picture with someone or talk to anyone. Now, when we go, we're the life of the party. We're talking to everyone. We're You want a drink? I'll buy you a drink. What are you I doing? I still struggle with it, though. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I remember even last year, I had quite a moment to myself because I felt overwhelmed mm -hmm. with wanting to be more talkative to people or coming out to more people. And it sucks because people walk by me that I could literally tell them their life's work. And sometimes I just don't have the voice for it. I try to conquer that. I've taken baby steps towards it. But I also just don't want to hold myself back from anything. Well, good thing you are best friends slash co-host with somebody who does not think before she speaks and just yells yeah, at people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it balances it all out because the person you're terrified to talk to, I have none of that knowledge, but I just walk right up to them and I'm like, hey, buddy, what are you doing later? That's very true. Very, very true. It's been a long process. It's a never-ending process. That's, that's the journey of being a human. Yep. If anyone else 
struggles with that, I hope you can take something from it and we can all just work on it together. All right, Brie, beautiful episode. We will see you guys next week. We love you all so much. So much. As always, Mountain View, California can go fuck themselves. Love you. Good night. Bye.